It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every team should want to have Ellie De La Cruz on their team, but only the Reds have him on theirs. And it's only going to keep getting better from here. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms because we are your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside my co-host, Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our, our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you are an everydayer, let us know in the comment section or hit us up on Twitter and tell us about your love of the Cincinnati Reds. On today's podcast, we look at Ellie De La Cruz, or should I say Ellie De La Disruptor, as the rookie phenom played a big part in the Reds taking a weekend series down in St. Louis. Uh, Ellie's performance has us wondering, though, uh, has he had the best debut of all of the Reds rookies, or is there somebody else that should be considered? We'll t- tell you all about that. Uh Since the start of the season, several Reds have rebounded after slow starts. Uh, We're also going to tell you today who should be aboard the bounce back train. That's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, But before we get into that, Jeff, let's start with Ellie De La Awesome, should we call him? Because he has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, and, And I called him Ellie De La Disruptor there a second ago because he really is just something else when he gets on base. Uh, Defenses don't know what to do with him. No, I do not envy a opposing pitcher, an opposing infielder, heck, opposing outfielders. Got to pay attention and make sure that they back up any errant throws because basically if there's any mistakes that are made, Ellie De La Cruz is going to take advantage of it and advance at least one base. He probably could go more than that uh, if need be. I mean, he won this game on Sunday. He he got the Reds this series dub with his legs. It was an absolute amazing sequence of plays because they're in the eighth inning. He walks to lead off the inning, and then he steals second. And then, or I'm sorry, he doesn't steal second. He gets to second on a ground ball by Spencer Steer on a full count pitch that he took off at the point right when the pitcher was getting ready to throw such that he was so close to second base that whenever the ground ball was picked up by the shortstop, they looked over and like, yeah, not, not going to happen. I got to throw it the first. We're definitely not getting the first half of the double play here. And I get a double play. So then he's there on second and then he moves over to third on a pass ball that usually when you think of pass ball, you think, oh man, it gets away from the catcher, goes all the way back to the backstop. No, Wilson Contreras just literally drops a fastball from Jordan Hicks and it probably bounces maybe two or three feet to his left. Really not that far. He has to take like two steps to get to it, but Ellie De La Cruz is already on third by the time he picks it up. He's just so fast. And then the ground ball that was hit right to again, the shortstop and he throws it home. Like this is a play that everyone, everyone in major league baseball is thrown out at home 
Ellie De La Cruz isn't because he is that dude. He is. And there's even more examples. The 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 grounder to first base and he beats the throw <laughs> to first base. He, he beats Wainwright to the bag. It's just absolutely amazing uh, for for what Ellie De La Cruz has been able to do. Uh, every time you think you've seen it all, he does something different. He does something that you haven't seen before. I was watching the defense and watching how Nolan Arenado was playing third base and, and the way he played third base between the beginning of this series and yesterday's game changed. Uh, he was hustling to cover the bag. He was moving quickly. He was calling for the ball uh, for the outfielders to get that ball back in from the outfield. Whenever Ellie De La Cruz was on base uh, it's, you know, we've talked about TJ Friedel being, captain chaos and being the disruptor well we got two guys now that can do that (laughs) that's one thing too and and i wonder about this because i mean uh, david bell has hit him fourth ever since he's been called up i really would almost rather see him hit leadoff or number two in the batting order simply because i'm selfish and i want him to get the most appearances at the plate but even more so like i think his value and sure he's gonna hit some mammoth home runs and it'd be nice if there's guys on base when he does that but his value is gonna be that dude on base his his most value is gonna be that dude on base that's just in the other team's mind And, and and let's look at a couple of different things here because Sunday, he really broke out when it comes to the ability to get on base. He got on base four times, Steve. And, and the fifth time, he just he put the ball in play, just couldn't quite get there. He, he got out because he hit the ball right at somebody. But he now has, in a very tiny sample size, but he now has a walk rate of 13.6%. That's over 5% ahead of league average. So the league average hitter is walking about 8.4% of the time. Ellie De La Cruz is 13.6. I know that there is at least one or two people right now that are thinking, but Jeff, his strikeout percentage is really high and all this other stuff. I don't care, man. 45% of the time, dude's hitting 360, getting on base almost 50% of the time. You want to come at me with something else? Because Ellie De La Cruz is better than whoever you're thinking about right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's a lot of things you said there, Jeff, that I would agree with. Let, let's circle back to moving him up in the lineup to lead off hitting second. You know, I think I could get on board with him being the leadoff hitter until such time that he's hitting a lot of leadoff home runs. And once we yeah. reach that point, then you drop him back down to the cleanup spot. But I, I've, I've got no problem with moving him up. I also have no problem with the way uh, this the top five, six of this lineup looks right now. The, the way awesome. David Bell's putting it together. Uh, you're talking about his walk rate and, and walks versus strikeouts. I'm okay uh, with, uh, with, with him striking out 35% of the time. If he's going to continue to have a slash line, like he has right now, you know, he's, you, as you mentioned, he's hitting over 360. He's getting on base. He's being disruptive. If he strikes out from time to time, trying to, you know, get the big swing in, I'm fine with that. Um, I think that I think that a lot of the fan base has been negative for so long that it's just their instinct now to try to find the negative, try to find the other shoe that's going to drop, try to find the thing that's going to disrupt our joy. You know, we're Cincinnati sports sports fans. We're looking for the disruption of our joy. I understand. But I think that Ellie De La Cruz is the real deal. Oh, he absolutely is. And, and there's just so many other reasons why. I mean, and, and again, tiny sample size, his average exit velocity. We love to talk about this stat when we're talking about hitters and, and, and peripheral stats and looking at if something is legit. 
average exit velo is 99.8. And just for a frame of reference, they, they define a hard hit ball as something that is 95 miles an hour or above, which means that Ellie De La Cruz averages a hard hit ball when he makes contact with a pitch. I mean, I, that blows my mind in and of itself. He has a hard hit rate that, that corroborates. This is almost 90%. We're talking about the kind of statistics that no matter where he's putting the ball, if it's going right at a fielder's glove, that dude's hand is hurting because he caught that ball because he hit the thing with such force. I, I, I love all of the things that he has been able to do. And yes, I know it's a short time still has lots and lots and lots and lots of pitches to see lots and lots and lots of innings to, to play in and at bats to see played appearances, all that other stuff. But everything he has done to this point, I see is sustainable. And he had something to this because, you know, in the post game, C Trent asked him, you know, what, what, what's this like for you? Is this, is this, uh, is this major league game a little bit harder for you? How are you adjusting? And this is what he had to say. And this is a little bit of Ellie talking. And then also some of translator Jorge Merlos kind of filling in the blanks here at the end. For me, it's the same game. It's the same game. Sometimes you got to make more adjustments, but it's, it's pretty much the same. Thing. He's, he's just playing ball, man. He's just playing ball. You know, you know what's exciting about that? You, you talk about his his hard hit average there with the exit velo, and then you combine it with his sprint speed. So he's putting yeah. these, he's blistering these balls past infielders, oh, and then he's tearing down the line. His sprint, his sprint. I can't talk tonight, Jeff. His sprint speed is is clocked tops in in Major League Baseball. He's on the leaderboard up there with Bobby Witt Jr. and Trey Turner. He's just fast. And those are names, man. Like Bobby Witt was the top prospect for years. And Trey Turner is probably, I mean, I don't even know that you could argue whoever the other shortstop is. I think he's the best shortstop in the game. So when you put Ellie De La Cruz in that same vein, like, dude, he's just going to keep finding ways to win. And, and I love it so much. But the question is, is Ellie's debut the most impressive that we've seen this season? Or is it Andrew Rabbit? Or is it Matt McLean? We'll tell you who our pick is coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by eBay Motors. You know, for a team like the Reds, 2023 is about figuring out exactly which parts fit into which place, how the Reds can position themselves to win for the future. It's just like that when it comes to your automobile and you need to find out if you've got the right part for the right fit. And eBay Motors can help. Next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The Reds and Royals kick off their series tonight at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. You got Luke Weaver, former Royal, up on the bump, going up against the old man, Zach Grinke. We're going from, you know, 920-year-old Adam Wainwright to 475,000-year-old Zach Grinke. So somewhere in between there, Ellie De La Cruz is going to be like, I have seen the future. But. You can catch every single pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. Is it finally time to kick the three-catcher plan? Not to spoil anything, but Steve is shaking his head yes. Uh, We'll talk more about that and why coming up on tomorrow's podcast. But, Steve, let's get back to this because we we have gushed about Ellie De La Cruz and his talent and what he's shown and everything that he's done in his very short time in the major leagues. But is his debut the most impressive rookie debut for a Red so far this season? Well, it all depends on what our qualifier is. What's our sample size? Where are we going to cut it off? Uh, if we're talking about the, the first week in the big leagues, uh, it's a three-horse race for sure. And what Matt McClain did when he first got called up out there in Colorado, uh, then you have to take a look at Andrew Abbott and his first two starts in this rotation. And then, of course, Ellie De La Cruz. So so for the purposes of Matt McClain, though, I went ahead and, and pulled out his numbers for his entire time on the big league roster mm-hmm. because under his belt already is a selection as a National League Player of the Week. In 110 big league at-bats, He's currently hitting with a slash line of 336, 387, 518. That's an impressive start to a career. You know, yeah. to, to compare that, Ellie De La Cruz right now has 22 at bats. So he's not, you know, not quite there yet, but a slash line of 364, 481, 636. In that time, he struck out 10 times. As you say, people are upset about that, but he has walked five times. Three. Three stolen bases. And then, of course, Andrew Abbott. Two starts now. In his two starts, he is 2-0, and pitched 11.2 innings, zero earned runs allowed. Uh, struck out 10. He has walked seven, which he's disappointed with, and, and he has spoke to the fact that he wants that to be better, uh, his strikeout-to-walk ratio. And that was good for a whip, Jeff, of 1.11. So these, all three of these guys are super impressive. Yeah. For me... I think it comes down to the most impressive debut. If we have to pick right now, before we see what Ellie does in his first hundred at bats, I'm coin flipping between Matt McClain and Andrew Abbott. And that might surprise some people that I'm not just jumping straight to Ellie, but I don't think the sample size is big enough. When you consider that, if you compare the slash lines of De La Cruz and McClain, McClain with his 110 at bats is not that far off where Ellie is. So it's, it's impressive to me. 
that he's been able to do this. And he came up much less touted with much less expectations and has far over delivered what anybody really expected him to do when he got here. So for me, I think I'm going McLean. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm kind of there with you and, and I know I think once we get to 110 at bats and we'll see where Ellie de la Cruz is there we might re- revisit this conversation because Ellie de la Cruz has all of the flash and he's he's had all the hype and he's living up to the hype so far Matt McClain didn't come up with as much hype now he did have a pretty decent amount of that hype but he also had some questions surrounding him I think what's most impressive about Matt McClain is the fact that he's answered those questions. He showed power at AAA, and everybody was like, is this really part of his game? Well, that 518 slugging percentage would say that it sure is part of his game. He is not a guy that's going to come up and just give you singles and dinks and dunks and things like that. Like, he is going to be a constant force at the top of this Reds lineup for years to come. He is a very easily reliable player, whether you're talking about you just need a hit, you just need somebody to get on base, you need that clutch RBI. I mean, Matt McClain has literally done all of that stuff already, and and I think that's the most impressive part about him, and, and really, we can even hearken back to Ellie's debut. Ellie De La Cruz, in his debut, had the double, and we were all super excited about the double. It was amazing, but the winner of that game was Matt McClain, and the huge hit that he had that, it, it, like you said Walk at the off. time, it was a double. They didn't give him a double because, well, you only needed to go one base, and so he couldn't go two bases. But he has been so impressive, and I love what Andrew Abbott has done. It's just been two starts, and I want to see more from him. I I feel like you know we need to see this next start, if he can have a better start, first of all, because in his first two outings – His first inning has been over 30 pitches in both outings. So can he kind of get started a little bit quicker in his next outing? I I would like to see that cut back on the walks, add some more strikeouts and things like that. But let's, let's be clear. We're, we're really splitting hairs here for a guy that hasn't allowed a run in 11 and two thirds innings pitch. Like that's a phenomenal stat in and of itself. So Yes, I think when we look at these guys, I give McLean the edge, but man, there is so much more to see from Andrew Abbott and Ellie De La Cruz, and what we've already seen has been very impressive. Yeah, and you know, I still have a little pause. You said something the other day, and it's it's been ringing in my ear when I've been thinking about Andrew Abbott. And it's you talked about Connor Overton and and how good Connor Overton was his first sure, few yeah. starts, and then things happen in the league adjusted. So, you know, this is now two games worth of film that the other teams are going to have to look at on Andrew Abbott. I'm interested to see what his third and fourth and fifth starts look like and see how these hitters adjust. Because I think in the beginning, the pitcher has the advantage there uh, coming in in June of a season. They're already stretched out. They're already sharp. The hitters haven't seen them. I think the advantage goes pitcher. Uh, versus the beginning of the year where the hitters a lot of time are ahead of the pitchers. So I'm interested to see how the adjustments go with that. Uh, So I need a little bit more of a sample size with Andrew Abbott before I'm ready to just go all in. I need a little bit more with Ellie. I I think you're right. I think probably around the all-star break, Jeff, we should revisit this conversation and see what we think as far as how the rookies have performed, because there's a lot more guys in the mix than just these three. We're going to have to include Will Benson in that conversation. We're going to have to include Spencer Steer in that conversation. Yep. Maybe by that point, we'll have to include a guy with initial CES in that conversation. Nice. There's going to be a lot to talk about surrounding the rookies and how they've performed thus far. Yeah. And that's something too, like thinking of Connor Overton and Andrew Abbott, like, 
I definitely know that Andrew Abbott has more talent than Connor Overton does. I don't, I don't dispute that at all, but I'm with you. Like how are teams going to adjust to him? Because it's very obvious if he is not dropping his breaking balls in for strikes, he's really having to work a lot more and, and get his fastball and his changeup to work. I think up until this point, you can kind of say, well, it was his first start or his, his most recent start against St. Louis. Well, it was his first road start, first road start against the division rival, like still lots of adrenaline, lots of emotion, all this other stuff. Now's when you really start getting down into strategy and Derek Johnson can be like, let's pitch backwards a little bit. Let's, let's work on tunneling. Let's make sure that when you throw your fastball and you throw your curveball, it looks like they're starting out on the same plane and all of this other stuff. And Andrew Abbott knows this, but it's, it's going to be something that's a little bit more focused here because in your first couple of starts, even if you are a highly touted prospect, even going back to like Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, their first couple of starts, the only thing we wanted them to do was survive. Mm -hmm. And they did, you know, I mean, that's why they're still here. And, and Andrew Abbott has survived with flying colors at 11 and two thirds scoreless. So what does he add to that? Where, where can he improve? Cause obviously two starts into your major league career, plenty of things you need to work on plenty of room to get better and how Andrew Abbott can do that. I mean, most people have said as he was coming up, there's just like, he profiles as a back end of the rotation type of pitcher. Can he buck that narrative and say, uh, uh, I'm more of a mid rotation guy, or maybe even a top of the rotation guy. I mean, he's shown the baseline talent to at least make that a possibility. Well, it's definitely a far cry from where we started with our four and five guys at the beginning of this season. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to what else he can bring towards the back of this rotation. And again, with, with Ellie De La Cruz, you know, I don't want to minimize what Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz have done here, Jeff. Um, Ellie De La Cruz was, you know, the concern was, will he be able to cover that big giant strike zone that he has being a big six foot four, six foot five dude. And, and thus far the pitchers have not been able to find a giant hole in his swing. Uh, Matt McClain has just been a spark plug of a ball player. He's been able to get it done every time he's needed to get it done. So we're going to continue to monitor these rookies, Jeff, but here's what I know. Here's my big takeaway right now. Major league baseball should just go ahead and give the rookie of the year award to the Reds as a whole. I agree. Let's let's make it a collective effort here. I don't know if you need to give like one trophy and put everybody's name on it, just have a base be like super long or or just say the Reds rookies of 2023 because everybody's going to know who you're talking about because if you look at national coverage around Major League Baseball, everybody's talking about, boy, how fun is Cincinnati right now? And it's because of these rookies. Well, listen, speaking of these rookies, uh, I've seen some stuff uh, where people are still want to give up on Will Benton. And if you're sleeping on Will Benton right now, if you think he's done, if you think it's time for the Reds to move on from him, well, I'm going to tell you why you're probably wrong. And Jeff's got some thoughts on this as well. We're going to get into that coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
The Reds and the Royals get going tonight at 8.10 p.m. out at Kauffman Stadium. The Reds last faced Kansas City in 2021 when they took two out of three in Kansas City. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you have not clicked subscribe and notification, make sure you hit both of those buttons so that you never miss one of our episodes. Make sure you're following us on Twitter so you can talk baseball with us between games. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, we need to talk about some of these bounce back guys. Uh, you, you, you kind of launched, you christened the Will Benson hype train when this trade went down with Cleveland. And I've made fun of you and talked about how it's a little pumper car now and you're the only guy <laughs> on it. Uh, but maybe we re- need to rename this train and call it the bounce back train because Will Benson has definitely bounced back. If you've been following his numbers and a lot of the people that have been calling for the Reds to send him down have been watching his numbers. They've been looking at his slash line. Oh, he's hitting under 200. Oh, you know, his on-base percentage is up below 200. It's terrible. Well, it's not like that anymore. He's been so hot as of late that his overall season numbers, his overall season slash line, Jeff, 230, 288, 311. That is moving in the right direction. You want to hear better numbers, Jeff? In his last 15 games, that slash line is 317, 378, 439. Now we're talking. And I know that there was plenty of people that still said 230, 288, 311. Why are you happy about that? It's because it was like 100 and 100 and 200 for the longest time there. But really, ever since he came back from AAA, if you you can go back to, I believe it's May 21st was the day that he was called up and put back into the lineup. And there were so many people that were just like, I thought we got rid of this guy. Why is he back? Well, I'll tell you why he's back. He has absolutely turned things around. And you can even look at some of his underlying numbers like, his average exit velocity is right at league average. Now we're talking about a dude that's starting to get back up there. And when you're at league average, it's saying that, Hey, you're not, you know, you're not doing this with smoke and mirrors. This is working. This is actual things that he is doing, right? He's got a much better percentage of barrels. We talk about barrels every so often when it comes to a guy, he's got a much better than league average barrel percentage right now. And I'm very excited to see the fact that when he gets on base and he gets on base a lot, cause he walks a lot. Remember we talked about this whenever the reds acquired him, we said he's a three true outcomes guy, which is probably going to bug the crap out of people touching there. He's bugging the crap out of people with his low batting average right now. Not me, other people, but he gets on base and he's going to hit the ball really hard. And he's been getting on base quite a lot. In fact, he has three steals ever since he came back from triple a. So when he gets on base, he is being a disruptor. That's the MO of this team. Get on base. And you're going to just going to mess with the other team's head with your base running. Will Benson fits right. And the, the stat that I continue to monitor though, Steve, when it comes to everything is his zone contact percentage pitches that are in the strike zone that he swings at and actually makes contact with before he was sent down, it was 67%. Not good at all. Ever since he's been called up 89%. You want to talk about a jump? That's a jump. That's definitely a jump. But listen, we got some pushback. Uh, If you didn't, 
catch our episode last Friday. Go back and check that out because Jeff and I spent a lot of time talking about how we thought this roster was going to shake out as guys came back from injury. And we got a lot of pushback because we did not include Will Benson as one of the guys that would be sent down that right. would be uh, parted ways with, so to speak, to make room for these guys coming back from injury. And we got a lot of pushback in the comment section. And this is why now this is the whole purpose of this segment is to explain to you all why we did not include Will Benson because he's on the upswing right now. And as long as he is playing this way, he deserves to not have to feel like he needs to play looking over his shoulder because he might be the next guy to get sent down. I think there's other candidates for that now with Benson's improved play, but Jeff, he's not the only guy that should be riding on the bounce back train. Uh, you've got a pitcher that you would like to include on this ride as well. Buck. Yeah, I do. Steve. Yeah. Buck farmer, man. He has absolutely turned his season around after the first month of the season. There were plenty of people that were just like, get rid of him. He sucks. He's terrible. No, he doesn't. In fact, after the month of April, he had a 4.15 ERA pretty obvious that those kind of numbers are something you don't want. However, since the beginning of May, Steve, Buck Farmer has 17 and two-thirds innings pitched. He has allowed two earned runs, and they're both on solo home runs. So you had one solo homer and another solo homer. He only has three walks allowed, and I'm giving you one more sound effect. 16 strikeouts. In those 17 and two-thirds, Steve Buck Farmer has really acquitted himself, and he was a guy that last season I kept watching. I'm just like, man, he just keeps pitching, man, and he has been such a get for this Reds team. The Reds got him off waivers at the beginning of last season. He was part of that crew that was just like, great, here we go again. We're going to build a bullpen based on waiver wire additions. And at least for Buck Farmer's uh, point of view, that's not a bad thing because he's been good. Well, he's been so good, in fact, that you know, you and I have been including him in the grouping of the A-Squad mm -hmm. bullpen grouping that we want to see out there in close games where a red starter leaves with a lead, and then we go Farmer for the seventh, Sims for the eighth, and Alexis Diaz for the ninth. That's how good that he's been. And I wonder, as this season moves on and uh, the Reds continue to be very close to really being in contention, they're only four games back of the division, three games back of the wild card as we record. Uh, I wonder if even one of Sims and Farmer gets split up to start uh, a reorganization of the bullpen to have group a and then the other group a 0.5 or however you <laughs> want to do that group one group 1.5 however um so that the the good pitchers are evenly divided so there's not a down night uh, i wonder if that's the direction we're moving because as good as those three have been it would be nice to have one of those arms available on the nights the other two are not I mean, based on some of the performances I've seen from some other guys, like Ian Jabot's had a very nice two weeks. Alex Young has bounced back pretty nicely. Like you're, you're talking about some guys who really could be considered as maybe not workhorses. Like I, the workhorse mainstay guys that I'm really happy to see coming out of the bullpen is obviously Alexis Diaz, uh, Lucas Sims. Uh, Lucas Sims actually has had himself a nice couple of weeks as well. Only allowed one earned run the last two weeks. And then uh, Buck Farmer are like the three main guys. But Ian Jubo is kind of getting up there. He's 
he's still one of those guys that I'm not necessarily sure about, but I'm, I'm much more on the positive side of not being sure about him. But overall, man, like Buck Farmer has turned it around. Will Benson has turned it around. Really excited to see what these guys can do moving forward, because this team is only going to continue to be very interesting and very awesome. Three games coming up here against the Kansas City Royals in KC. KC just got swept by the Orioles. They are right there with the A's for being like the worst team in baseball. So this is an opportunity for the Reds to make some more hay, especially with a weekend series down in Houston looming on the horizon. And with that, that's probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today, Jeff. But before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show. Is it time to move on from the three-catcher plan? We'll give you our breakdown. So... Until then, though, what can people expect from you and me, Steve? We're going to keep monitoring these transactions, these rumors, the minor leagues, gather up all the information and bring it back right here to keep you all locked on Reds every single day. Told you Will Benson was going to be good. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.